We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, y'all. 49ers football is right around the corner, and it is more fun to be there live for 49ers football. When you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official marketplace of the 49ers in the NFL, Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat. They have, I'm telling you, the interactive seat map, bro. It gives you 360-degree previews of your section to make sure you have the best view of those pivotal plays, and that's super key. Obviously, being in the stadium, being part of the atmosphere, the vibes is are, are, are very necessary. Those all matter. But being able to sit and get that 360-degree view from your seat so you can know exactly what you're going to be looking at on game day, that matters so much. Whenever I go to a new stadium, I love I, I love going to different stadiums and experiencing different venues. I always type in that stadium and 3D seat view so I can get an idea of what my seat is going to look like in Ticketmaster offers that for you. And if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, they got the mobile tickets, which make getting in on game day a breeze. And you can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors. That's right. Get it in red and gold. Go do that right now. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com slash 49ers. Welcome into Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Madsen. I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.com, part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. Joining me right now, Chris Peterman of the Sacramento Bee. And we're going to tell you about our friends at Lamb Chops. Shout out to Lamb Chops, sglambchops.com. Candlestick20 is the promo code. Get 20% off your order. And the homies at Lamb Chops had us fitted out at our event this weekend at the brewery. The sweatpants, the sweatpants I had on were the perfect. You looked so dope. The, you looked so cool. <laughs> I don't know about that, but they were the perfect. Yeah, you did. They were the perfect weight for a cool evening up in the North Bay. Um, fall is here, and you're yeah, going to want to load up. Cool, not cold. Cool, not cold. But it wasn't cold because we were we were fitted out in our lamb shops. Although you were wearing shorts. Yeah, I went. I went with the sweat shorts. Maybe my favorite article of clothing right now. Uh, they're just the black sweatshorts got the lamb chops logo it's got the zippered pockets with the cleavers on them for the zippers and and of course the the drawstrings i think are a cool look nice little accessory and then i had the shepherd goods uh hoodie on it's the dark green hoodie it's got the little lamb logo uh right at the top of the chest very very sick i liked it a lot got a lot of compliments on it a lot of people asking me where i got it 
So I let them know. SGLambchops.com, baby. Promo code Candlestick20. Get that 20% off. Fit yourself and they got out. A, they got a whole bunch of new stuff coming out for the fall. So Can't definitely wait. be on that. That fall collection is going to be sick. Yes. Can't wait. SGLambchops.com. Follow them on Instagram at SGLambchops. Promo code Candlestick20 for 20% off your order right now. We're also sponsored by Cooper's Brewing. Shout out to Cal. Shout out to Charlie. Shout out to everybody who has a hand in uh, putting our live event together. It was unbelievable once again and went off without a hitch. Shout out to everybody who who pulled up and and took part in the pod. It was such a fun time. And honestly, that's becoming the thing I look forward to the most every single year. And shout out to Rod Brooks, man. Rod was was oh, amazing. Just the man. So much energy, so much knowledge. The guy's mice, the, the, the guy's mic, his voice just booms through, yeah, through the speakers. Um, no, he's uh, he's great, man. It's so fun. It was it was fun I to be like, in Sonoma County with a Sonoma County resident. And I, uh, felt, you know. I felt like we could have talked for another hour and a half. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I but I had a good time. We had we had things to do, places to be, people to see. Yeah. Can I uh, look? Okay, I know our job. I mean, we're we're sponsored by Cooperage and CooperageBrewing.com is the website. You can order beer there if you're over 21 and in the state of California. They will one day ship beer to you. It's the best. You're sitting at home and then beer arrives at your doorstep. It's the best way to acquire beer. But I was drinking Candlestick Chronicles all night, obviously. But at last call, I went yo. Cal, <laughs> I've not had a keg slayer yet. <laughs> Hook me up with one of those, and I got a. T- I've it. It never misses. Keg slayer is so freaking good. All of their it's- yeah. When, when I went on Sunday, um, needed a little hair of the dog. Yeah. Uh, what definitely went with keg slayer. It was there for a little bit, and it was uh, it was perfect. Just a phenomenal, phenomenal beverage. So, yeah, shout out to everyone at Cooperage. It's uh, it's it's a great place. The vibes are great. The the crowds are always awesome. People are amazing. Um, you know, it just it seems like there's something new there every year. Whether it's like a piece of art, or a TV, or a food truck. Um, man, I, I'm I'm a little bit bummed I didn't get to partake in the in the main main lobster food truck they had for for our event. But I didn't either. You know, a <laughs> little busy, showed up a little late, but it's uh, it's all good. It was a lot of fun. Shout out to Cooperage, and, and we very much appreciate working with them for the third year in a row. Yes. Yeah. Maybe maybe some more stuff on deck. Uh, TBD on that. Cooperagebrewing.com, though, that's for sure happening right now. So get there. Go to the brewery. It's uh, one of my favorite places to hang. So, And my favorite beer. All right, let's talk about, uh, Chris, you asked an interesting question, and uh, we're going to talk about it on the pod. Are the 49ers the best team in the NFL? Let's dive in. Blue Wire. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. Quick before we dive into this 49ers thing, 
mm-hmm. if you see me like kind of freaking out mid pod. Um, it's because I have a prize picks going during Monday Night Football. I have a couple different entries, but the one I'm I'm watching closely is I have uh, three squares. It's Jamar Chase. I have less than 79 and a half receiving yards. And then I have Joe Burrow, less than 239 and a half passing yards. And I'm really banking on Joe Burrow being banged up to the point that he's not effective. And then I've got Kyron Williams, the Rams running back, more than 62 and a half rushing yards. So I'm uh, I'm very dialed because I feel really good about this entry. Okay. Love that for you. Uh, I got I got one going as well. Let me pull it back up here. Uh, Mike Evans more than fifty seven and a half. We're almost a half time. He's at thirteen. Not feeling awesome. Not great. But he's um, dude. He's one big catch away. You're good. <laughs> I like I like where you're at. You're in a good spot. I went uh, total touchdowns for Baker Mayfield includes uh, passing, rushing, and receiving. I I would not bank on him getting a receiving touchdown, but I went more than one point five. Also not looking good. Mm. Uh, and then Devonte Smith, I went more than 61 and a half receiving yards. Uh, he's at 16 at the moment and we're at the two minute warning and the Eagles look like they're driving. I think they just got a pick and Jalen Hurts is out here running the ball and not doing me any favor. So anyway, Yikes. um, that, but that leads us in since we're, since we mentioned the Eagles, yeah, sort of the shoddy start to this game, uh, for them. I know they're up 10, three as as we started recording this, but I even had a similar thought going back to that Thursday night game against Minnesota where they were a little bit one-dimensional and the passing game was certainly a little bit sloppy. And I just wonder, like, do the does it feel like the 49ers are clearly the best team in the NFC, if not the NFL right now? Um, and I, I, know, that... I know there are things happening in the AFC and we'll talk about those too. But in terms of, like, I think it's pretty clear through three games or at least two and a half for the Eagles that I would say the Niners are looking a little bit better and a little bit more sharp right now. Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to rule out because the Eagles are super talented. We know that the, the Cowboys have a lot of talent. We know that. Although do you trust a Mike McCarthy team in, in, in January TBD, but well, you don't, but my thing with the 49ers is they are definitely to me without question in the NFC playing the best football right now. And I don't know if it's particularly close. And like I said, that's not, that's not to say that the Eagles won't eventually, you know, finish this year with 14 wins and and be the one seed or, or the Cowboys could, could do the same. But through three weeks, I think the 49ers have just consistently been really excellent on both sides of the ball whereas Philly's kind of had an up-and-down start offensively. And then you have Dallas going in and, and whatever the hell happened in, in Arizona, and they lose to the Cardinals. Trevon Diggs is now hurt, their star cornerback. So I, I, I have a hard time finding reasons that the 49ers are not the best team in the NFC right now. Yeah, and I think some of that comes down to Jalen Hurts. And, and look, maybe he has a huge second half down in Tampa, and we've come out of this looking really stupid when this pod comes out on on Tuesday but coming into Monday night's game six and a half yards per attempt 181 yards per game Um, he's completing a high rate of his passes but he only has one touchdown pass and one interception 
through two games coming in. He just threw another touchdown pass uh, before we started. But I think, and you and Nick were talking about this in the group chat, the expectations for Hertz were super high this year. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, yourself included and uh, and myself included, like I didn't know that he was necessarily going to be like an MVP candidate, but I was like, okay, you look at the landscape of the NFC, this guy feels like, he should be one of the top three to five quarterbacks, like unquestionably, right? In the NFC yeah. at least, and potentially knocking on the door to be in that discussion when you open up, when you open it up to the guys in the AFC too. Um, but he just hasn't been that guy yet. And mm-hmm. his court, his QBR coming into tonight, 29th in the NFL. I know QBR obviously isn't everything. Um, but I just, you know, I just wonder like, is this is this a slow start for him and he's going to pick it back up? Is it a regression to the mean type thing happening where maybe last year, everything that went well for them wasn't necessarily sustainable. Mm -hmm. Uh, Where are you at on, on Jalen hurts and and what we've seen so far? Because ultimately to me, like I'm not going to say Brock Purdy is a better quarterback than Jalen hurts, but I will say Brock Purdy (laughs) has played better for the three games that, that we've seen so far than Jalen hurts. Would you say that's fair? he's helped the offense more for sure. And yeah, I was, I was all aboard the Jalen Hurts train, man. I was like, he's my MVP pick. I think the Eagles are going to be awesome again because, because of the ascension uh, for, for him into that elite tier. I, I was just all in. And then he's just looked very pedestrian. And if he had had this start to the season last year, the Eagles would have been getting killed. And there would be discussions about what are they going to do at quarterback you know, long-term because, you know, Jalen Hurts is going into year three and he's clearly not it. So we saw it last year. We saw the kind of breakout year, but we talk about this on the podcast all the time. It's not about what can you do in one year. It's what can you sustain? And so far Hurts isn't sustaining it. Now I will say that they lost their offensive coordinator, Shane Steichen, this, this off season is now the head coach in, in Indy. So it is a new offensive coordinator. And I do think there's a little bit of a so there's a little bit of a learning curve and maybe some growing pains. So it wouldn't surprise me if by week ten Hertz kind of looks like the player that we thought he would look like. And this is just a slow start. But also it's not off the table that, you know what? Hey, last year was just kind of an anomaly, had a really great year, and you know, maybe he gets there again, but it's like an uphill fight to get to that level the rest of the way, and we're just gonna kind of see him regress. So I don't think that's off the table, but I don't think I'm ready to pull the plug on Jalen Hurts being awesome just yet. If that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, I'm with you. I think uh I think the Eagles just turned it over right before halftime. So this is this oh, is boy. confirming some priors here. Um <laughs> I take back everything I just said. Cut it off. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I mean I, I think look, I, I just think when you talk about like what's the biggest question everybody had about the 49ers going into the season? It was Brock Purdy. Right. Right. And mm-hmm. look, well, for me, but for me, it was defensive end depth, but I'm a football guy. So <laughs> it was, it was that third tight end spot. Um, you and I talk about it all the time. Yeah. No, Why I'm, is nobody I'm, talking about Ross Dwelly's playing time? Oh, we have, we have a bad Jalen hurts interception. That just happened Yikes. in the, uh, I don't know if it was in the red zone, but it looked like it was, it was deep in bucks territory. All right. That just, that confirms our priors. Jalen hurts, not any good. Um, let's move on. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, the, the point here, like, can the 49ers trade Sam Darnold to the Eagles? Ooh, should they? And then sign Ian book off the Patriots practice squad. (laughs) 
No, but but I think when you talk about Brock Purdy and just like overall efficiency or like even like success rate, right? Brock Purdy's ninth in the NFL in success rate. And that's success rate. And this is per pro football reference. A, su- a successful pass gains at least 40% of the yards required on first down, 60% of the yards required on second down, and 100% on third and fourth down. Um, denominator is pass attempts plus time sack. So it's basically like a ratio and like how often uh, is your quarterback doing having successful plays Tua Tagovailoa leads the league with a 63.7% success rate. Lamar Jackson, second, Justin Herbert, third, Geno Smith, fourth, Jared Goff, fifth. Hey, Jimmy G sixth. Um, maybe we should start throwing out a uh, success rate. No, uh, just kidding. Matthew Stafford mm-hmm. is at 50%. Patrick Mahomes is at 50%. Brock Purdy, ninth in the NFL, 49 and a half success rate. And look, it's fair to say, particularly when you talk about the first half or even the first quarter of Thursday night's Giants game, that the success the 49ers offense had was in large part because of yards after the catch. Like mm-hmm. the 49ers had more yards after the catch in that game than the Giants had total yards on offense, period. So Brock Purdy absolutely benefits from the supporting cast around him. But again, and like if you're not watching JT O'Sullivan's breakdowns of any quarterbacks, let alone Brock Purdy, like you definitely should. They're very good. Super um, entertaining. Shout out to JTO. Maybe we can try to get him back on the pod, although maybe the uh the the appearance fee's gone up um since <laughs> since the season started. But I, I would just say like there are still elements of Brock Purdy's game where he's playing high level football. Yeah. And no one of the things you hear from the quarterback gurus who know far more about this stuff than I do is that like he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league or at least one of the best young quarterbacks in the league at deciphering where where he needs to be hot in essence like where the blitz is coming from and how he needs to get rid of the ball quickly Mm -hmm. Um, I think a lot of people say and JTO says this too that like he is one of the best young quarterbacks at the league in terms of decision making and mental processing and and reading the field and these are just things that that really show up like, you know, the touchdown to Ronnie Bell. He's hot off the left side. And mm-hmm. then Brock Purdy's making the throw like a step before Bell even breaks to the outside. Yeah. Yeah. Just like anticipating. With anticipation. Yeah. And I, it's just th- there are some things he does. It's like really high level stuff. And it's almost like we grade quarterbacks not you and I, but like collectively when we talk about quarterbacks, we set the bar so high for 49ers in particular, because it's like, Oh, they need quarterback play. It's good enough to win the Super Bowl. But sometimes when we think about it in those terms, I think we forget like, Oh yeah, this is a guy who hasn't even started a full season yet. This is a guy who's in his second year in the NFL. And I think there's a tendency because of where he was drafted and because of his skill set, to focus on the negative throws and to focus on the bad throws. I find myself doing this too is he'll miss uh the other night in in the first quarter first throw against the giants was a slant to debo and he just sailed it behind him and that sticks out so much to me i think because just inherently my brain is like this is the 262nd pick he's undersized doesn't have a great arm at some point the other shoe is going to drop and we're going to see why he went last in the draft but in the first quarter, he had maybe three or four throws that, that he probably wants back. But then you get into the second, third, and fourth quarter, and there are more throws that show, 
a high level quarterback than the low level one on those earlier bad throws. It's just that the bad ones stick out more to to me and I think I think to other people. And that's where that's where I think a little bit of the disconnect comes in where you can tell the uh, I'm going to talk about Stephen Ruiz from the Ringer friend of the show hates Brock Purdy is just out on Brock Purdy as a quarterback. I shouldn't say hates, but he's just out on him as a quarterback. Hasn't ranked like 29th in his quarterback rankings and says he stinks and all that. But I I, I have a hard time thinking that's the case when Dan Orlovsky, JT O'Sullivan are talking about all this, all these like little things that Purdy does well and that we see on a, on a week-to-week basis now for, what is it, eight, nine starts in the regular season? Plus the playoffs, I, he's, I, I, I don't, he's just, he's, he's a good player, man. He's, what, what's, I, I think like what, what Steven tends to do, and maybe this is a, a broader discussion about punditry as a whole, but like, there are a lot of people who look for like the superhuman trait, right? Right. right like, right. like Justin Herbert looks like he was made in a quarterback lab, right? Lamar Jackson is a human joystick. Patrick right. Mahomes just makes ridiculous throws after ridiculous. Might be throws. the most talented quarterback of all time. Yeah, and and so you know when you when you go through like quarterback rankings lists, and you look at what all these dudes are great at, it's like well a lot of them have all world arm talent or just like physically impressive, um, et cetera, et cetera. And you just don't get any of that with Brock Purdy. He's not an eye test dude. He's not. I mean, he was a seventh round pick, like for for mm-hmm. legitimate reasons. Like he's just doesn't have the strongest arm, isn't the biggest guy, but you just watch him play quarterback and and the nuances of the position, and like some of those nuances are so specific that you can't even catch him when you watch the TV broadcast, right? Yep. Like you need to see, you don't see how early he starts to throw to Ronnie Bell on the touchdown pass against the Giants until mm-hmm. you see the all twenty two and you're like, damn. He was staring right in the face of pressure, starting to make this throw a second before Ronnie Bell even cuts outside. Mm-hmm. And it was right on the money. And there were a few of those, you know, yeah. like the the pass to George Kittle, which really there was one on the sideline to George Kittle in the first quarter of that game. I think it was on the second drive where it was like, that okay, was so sick. That was like a, a better that that was what that, that seemed like what sort of normalized Brock Purdy's night a little bit. Yeah. Because he seemed to start out a little scattershot when it came to his accuracy. Um, but I just, you know, I, I think like, you know, I've said it before. I just think at some point the rest of the league is going to, or the rest of the punditry is going to catch on. Or like, no, this is, this guy's like actually doing it. Like it's not, it's not a, a watered down version of some offense that's not sustainable. Like, yeah, there are bubble right. screens and he definitely benefits from the bubble screens and yards after the catch and everything like that. Every Fortnite's quarterback has, mm-hmm. but there's, there's also some high level stuff going on right. that if you watch really closely beyond just, you know, watch more tape, <laughs> not trying to be the watch more tape guy, but I think it applies to Brock Purdy because, because he doesn't have those physical traits that really wow you in any way. Like you just, you, you have to watch him really closely. And when you do, you see like, man, he's, he's actually doing some like pretty high level things. I think if that's, if that's your mindset with their quarterback with, with Purdy, I don't know how you have anybody besides the Niners as the top team in the NFC. And 
I think if your your take on it is, well, Brock Purdy's just not good enough, and imagine what the offense would look like with Justin Herbert. I think okay, t- fine, but he's not that. He's just not that like physically talented. But there are so many other things he's good at, and the offense is operating at such a high level. Like this is something that that we've talked about before. We talked about this a little bit with the Rams game. And we talked about it at our live show too, but if Brock Purdy being awful is the 49ers going at 5.7 yards per play and going for 441 yards and 30 points, if that's what a bad Brock Purdy game looks like, then <laughs> okay, <laughs> so be it then. Like, fine. Then a bad, a bad night for the 49ers quarterback means they're scoring 30. Yeah. Okay. If, if that's what it is, then yeah, and like I, <laughs> I don't said, know what my, to say. Like, I don't know what to tell you at that point. But I'm more concerned about the right side of the offensive line keeping Brock Purdy healthy than I am about Brock Purdy playing well yeah. enough. Yeah. What's going on, y'all? It's Kyle Madsen and Chris Biederman here from Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Here to talk to you about Prize Picks. It's daily fantasy sports, and it's my new favorite thing about the NFL season. Chris, I won twenty two fifty on Sunday. I had Christian McCaffrey, more than 66 and a half rushing yards. Debo Samuel, more than 50 and a half receiving yards. Tyler Higby, less than 45 and a half receiving yards. That's all you do. You pick two to six players based on their stat projections. You pick more than or less than. You fill out an entry. And then after you do that, you watch the winnings roll in. It's great. I'm having a great time with it. It's really fun. It's daily fantasy sports. I think at its finest, when you just want to watch a game casually and you think a player is really going to go off, or you think a guy is not going to do anything based on your knowledge of the game, um, why not cash in and, and make a little extra scratch on the side in daily fantasy? So, prize picks, prizepicks.com, promo code candlestick. They will match your offer up to $100. Yeah, quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and enormous selection of players and stat types are what prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. As Chris said, prizepicks.com slash candlestick is the website. Use code candlestick for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash candlestick and use code candlestick for a first deposit deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, y'all. 49ers football is right around the corner and it is more fun to be there live for 49ers football. And when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official marketplace of the 49ers in the NFL, Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat. They have, I'm telling you, the interactive seat map, bro. It gives you 360-degree previews of your section to make sure you have the best view of those pivotal plays. And that's super key. Obviously, being in the stadium, being part of the atmosphere, the vibes is are, are, are very necessary. Those all matter. But being able to sit and get that 360-degree view from your seat so you can know exactly what you're going to be looking at on game day, that matters so much. Whenever I go to a new stadium, I love I, I love going to different stadiums and experiencing different venues. I always type in that stadium and 3D seat view so I can get an idea of what my seat is going to look like. And Ticketmaster offers that for you. And if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus... They got the mobile tickets, which make getting in on game day a breeze. And you can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors. That's right. Get it in red and gold. Go do that right now. 
Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com slash 49ers. Um, I do want to zoom out a little bit too because we have to talk about the Cowboys Cardinals game a little bit and just even even the results of it and what it means because one the Cardinals we assumed would just be one of the worst teams if not the worst team in the entire NFL this season mm-hmm. um, they beat the Cowboys 28 to 16 Cardinals ran for 220 yards on 30 carries they averaged 7.4 yards per carry against what we thought was you know one of if not the best defenses in the NFL and I know they lost Trayvon Diggs but that's not a reason to to be allowing 7.54 yards per carry to you know James also, there were so many there were so many they their, their lack of urgency at yeah. the end of that game they're just they're running the ball and content with four yards of carry you know as they enter the red zone and the clock ticks down under five minutes like you need two scores man and then they finally throw it and Dax throwing a pick like that, that, that game, there were so many disasters that went beyond Trevon Diggs in that game. And it feels emblematic of the conversation we've had multiple times about Mike McCarthy. Yes. Who took right? on play calling duties this year, by the way, he took yeah. on more in game responsibilities. Yeah. I, I like, I think the ta- the Cowboys are super talented. I think Dak Prescott is a good quarterback on any given day. Like he can be, he can be a potentially great quarterback, but also on any given day, he can just be super mediocre. Mm-hmm. Um, I like their skill guys. Obviously, you like Tony Pollard, you like CeeDee Lamb, and you love all the guys they have on defense. Even without Diggs, I think they still are a super formidable team yep. in the yep. NFC. But like 13 penalties, like against Arizona, like just being I don't know, man, just allowing them to run all over you in a situation, and maybe. I don't know. I, I don't know what who they have next week. I know they have the Niners in two weeks, and that's going to be an, that should be an amazing game. But like, it's just, it's just tough. And I know it's I I'm trying to figure out if it's one of those things where man, this is just an early season game. Sometimes these games happen, like the Niners losing to Denver and Chicago last year, right? Two teams that didn't end up being very good, and you know it was just sort of an early season weird like weird results. Sometimes mm-hmm. they happen early in the season. But like, it just every time the Cowboys lose or every time they have a bad performance, I'm going to keep going back to the Mike McCarthy thing because it's happened twice twice in a row in the playoffs against the 49ers in particular, mm-hmm. where Mike McCarthy is just getting out coached, and it's hard to look at them and be like, and have confidence that just because they did what they did to the two New York teams in Week One and Week Two, mm-hmm. that Okay, we should anoint them as as a better team than the than than the team that knocked them out of the playoffs the last two years. Mm-hmm. I was there through two weeks. It's like, man, defense looked incredible week one. Offense looks incredible week two. Maybe this is the year they put it together. And then they face plant in week three, in a game where they were twelve and a half point favorites. And I think Arizona is honestly a little bit better than than we thought they'd be going into the year. But still, D- Dallas should roll them. And it wasn't like there was a turnover here and a weird play there. And then Arizona, you know, kicked a field goal to win it as time expired. They dominated that game. And that's where it's like, okay, these questions I had about Dallas in the playoffs are just rearing their heads now in week three. And maybe it's a weird loss. Maybe it's like the Niners losing in Denver last year, a game they had no business losing or in Chicago. 
And, you know, like I said earlier, maybe the Cowboys wind up winning 13 games there in the hunt for the one seed. But based on what you see in week three and based on the history of, of Mike McCarthy and, and Dak Prescott and, and just that group, I, I, I'm ready to sell them at the drop of a hat. And they drop the hat loudly <laughs> in, in Arizona. So I'm just out on them. Also, sneaky thing, probably a good thing for the 49ers. Yeah. That... Arizona did that to Dallas because it puts them on notice a little bit and you don't get that overlooking the Cardinals looking ahead to Dallas situation. Anyways. Yeah, no, that's, I do think, and we'll talk about that game as, as the week goes on. Um, I do wonder if there's going to be an element of human nature, like look ahead to, to Dallas, but you know, the Niners have, the Niners are the highest scoring team in the NFC through three weeks. Um, their point differential is plus 48 through three weeks, which is actually the exact same as the Cowboys because the Cowboys had that shellacking against the Giants on the road in week one. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think like given what we've seen and look at what we've talked about, sort of the shortcomings, I think, with Philadelphia and Dallas, which seems like the main competitors for supremacy in the conference, mm-hmm. um, because you you look at like, I mean, I don't know who else, you know, Tampa Bay don't really feel super confident that they're going to be that they're that they're going to be there at the end of the year for a deep playoff run like the Packers. I don't know. There just hasn't been another like really big standout team in, in the NFC, maybe aside from the top three that we thought would would be there, frankly, coming into the season. So I think we can comfortably say that at least through three weeks, the 49ers are the best team in the NFC. Yeah, But if we zoom out and go to the entire NFL, then it becomes a much more interesting discussion. Yeah. Because you have the Miami Dolphins who <laughs> scored 70 points on the Broncos of Denver on Sunday. On Sean Payton's Broncos of Denver, mind oh, you. Oh, man. So this is one of those things where it's like, man, Miami's really good. Like, really good. They have a ton of skill guys. Their defense is solid. Um, Mike McDaniel, obviously, like, has that team cooking. And two is playing out of his mind. And Raheem Mostert, what, four combined touchdowns on Sunday? Raheem Mostert, check this out. I'm going to do the fantasy football thing, but it's only to to highlight how good of an offensive performance it was for Miami. Raheem Mostert had 142 total yards and four touchdowns and was not the highest-scoring fantasy running back on his team. That is wild. Devon A. Chain, 233 total yards, four touchdowns. They had two running backs score four touchdowns, and it wasn't even all of their touchdowns. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's unbelievable. That doesn't make any sense, really. It was it, it it honestly, every stat I see from it looks less and less believable. But it's still the case. The 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 Dolphins scored more points on sunday than the broncos have scored all year yeah so the the dolphins had 71 plays they ran Mm -hmm. 71 plays they had nine third downs (laughs) (laughs) they averaged they averaged (laughs) 10.2 yards per play they averaged a first down (laughs) (laughs) That is, it's wild. So, is hey, it can one I, of those? Hey, yeah. Here's my Miami is fraudulent take. Uh huh. 
their strength of schedule, 222. I don't know what that means. It means their opponents have a combined oh, winning percentage of okay. 222. Got it. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so let's talk about Miami. I haven't I haven't been super locked into Miami uh, just yet. Obviously, the numbers speak for themselves in that game. This does feel like it has a potential if Tua stays healthy to be like a historically good offense, given mm-hmm. all the speed that they have and given it's Mike McDaniel pulling the strings. So I have complete faith that like this isn't, you know, like this is real. You know, Me it's too. not. Me too. This doesn't feel fraudulent. It doesn't feel like, oh, like, you know, by November, teams are going to be figuring out how to defend them. It's like sometimes if you have a really smart play caller and play designer and your dudes are just way faster than everyone else, you're just not going to be able to stop them. That's that's my favorite part about Miami is Mike McDaniel is one of the brightest offensive minds in the, in the league and they're always going to have like a schematic advantage. But then also when that fails, their dudes are just fast as shit. <laughs> and they're just going to be sometimes in football being bigger slash faster is just the the best course of action. And the Dolphins are just always going to be faster. They did that Sunday, by the way, without Jalen Waddle. Yeah. Yeah, I, that's true. It, it just, it, it, I don't, they're not going to score 70 points a game, obviously. But I don't, I don't know that there's a just ready-made solution outside of, you know, to his lack of availability for opposing defenses. And even then, ha- I mean, on Mike very- White. They have a very interesting game next week at Buffalo. Who's coming off a big win against Washington? Buffalo looks good too. Buffalo looked really good for the first time. I feel like in in a while, or at least Buffalo, f- the first time this season, where you felt like, okay, that's the Bills that we thought they would be. Buffalo lost in Week One at, at New York. Obviously, we all remember, yeah. and they still have a point differential of plus fifty six, and they lost okay. one of their three games. Yeah. Well, so that sets up for a very interesting game where we'll we'll learn a lot about both teams, I would say, mm-hmm. um, when the Dolphins play Buffalo on Sunday. But I think it's fair to say at this point, like, I mean, can we call Miami the best team in the AFC right now? Or are you still yeah. are you still like yeah. it's got to be the Chiefs until they're they were like, my preseason they were my preseason Super Bowl pick, so I'm rocking with Miami. And I, 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 I'm buying, I'm buying them. Like, I don't want to, not that I'm doubting the chiefs, but I'm just buying what Miami is doing as being a little bit better than what Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and whatever wide receiver that they have is going to be capable of doing. Kadarius Tony. That's him. Sky Moore. Um, you're probably, you're probably discounting the Taylor Swift factor in this, but I'll let that slide. Um, no, I, I, Hey, Hey, hang on, hang on. It's prereq prerequisite. The NFL sent out a notice. If you're going to do NFL content, you have to do this this week. (laughs) Sorry for missing the Taylor Swift thing. I'll shake it off. (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) There, look, I'm Uh, doing NFL content now. I'm making a Taylor Swift pun. I'm so creative. I'm creative and original. Right now, my mind's just in a blank space after you make that. After you make that joke, um, nice, all right. Now you're now you're official. We'll send this to the NFL, <laughs> and they'll be thrilled that we made the same two jokes that every single broadcaster has made in the last 24 hours. Did you see uh, the NFL? 
I think their Twitter. I think this is real. Maybe I should double check before uh, before. The Travis ready. Kelsey, how much shit is going his way? No, 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 no. Oh, the okay. NFL's official Twitter account. Let me just. Yeah, the NFL's official Twitter account is NFL parentheses Taylor's version. The it's official just, Twitter account of the league. It's just honestly, whether maybe they're actually in love, maybe or or in like. And they're going to fall in love and it's going to be an incredible relationship. And that's what it is. I hope, I hope that's the case. And I hope they're happy, but this is definitely, this has big, like, Hey, we can profit off of making this a thing vibes. Yeah. Like we can both, we can both Taylor Swift can tap into a portion of America that had not caught onto her music yet with a bunch of NFL fans and Travis Kelsey can see the already increased jersey sales and uh increased ig followers and exposure of of being quote-unquote dating taylor swift i love it for both of them listen i also love that we don't have to like cover it (laughs) can you imagine i'm not i'm not mad yeah i'm not mad that this is not a, a niners thing yeah um but i think i think it's funny to see like so there are a couple points i want to make first of all I hope it works out for them. I hope they really do like each other. I hope it's fun. I hope they're they're enjoying each other's company and all of that. And it, they're all doing it for the right reasons. I think it's really funny to see. Uh, and first, and and also like she just had the most successful tour ever, or is like ever. in the middle of the most successful tour ever, and it's not even close. Her popularity. Um, she doesn't do you... need. She doesn't need Travis Kelsey to like up her profile at the moment. Right. Like if anything, Travis Kelsey is benefiting from this a whole lot more than Taylor Swift is. Yeah, that, with without question. So I think she's doing she's there because like she genuinely likes him. Like they're they're actually like dating or an item or whatever. Um, but there's a there's a significant portion of people say like nobody cares. It's like man, nobody cares. Travis Kelsey's gained over three hundred thousand social media followers and has seen a four hundred percent increase in merchandise sales. This is according to Joe Pompliano on Twitter. Top five jersey jersey sales in the NFL right now. Travis Kelsey. Maybe you like Taylor Swift or maybe you don't. (laughs) People care. If if you're of the mind that Taylor Swift is some niche thing that teenagers like and that's it, you are fucking delusional. (laughs) It's like it's like Michael Jackson when Thriller came out and being like, nah, no one really, no one's really buying into this thing. Right. Uh, right and i'm not going to debate whether she's as popular as michael jackson when thriller came out i wasn't alive but (laughs) but the fact that she is like she is a global musical icon man yeah whether you like the music or not maybe you don't care but billions of people do people definitely care all right so anyway (laughs) let's let's not get too far off topic Sorry, um, it's just it's been dominating my timeline. It's impossible to talk about the NFL. Without and there, like, there's some fun memes. Like, I, I say, like, let let people enjoy themselves. We don't we don't have to like take a big dump on everything that other people like. Mm. <laughs> we don't have to. But if you don't want to talk about Taylor, you don't have to talk about Taylor. But let's just like, in terms of the Chiefs, I'm very like I'm with you on Miami. And that through the first three weeks, they they have been the best team in the AFC just with how the offense has looked and how dominant they've been. Mm-hmm. But I still think like, like if these two teams, if we were to fast forward and we have all the information we have through the first three weeks and these two teams are playing in the AFC championship game in late January, 
I'd still pick Kansas City because hmm. and it's not it's not really more complicated for me than just like they've been there. They've been to three Super Bowls in the last what four sure. years? Sure. Been to three Super Bowls in the last four years. No, that that's they that's have fair. Two, that, that's fair. And and we know we know Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey can get it done in the playoffs. This might sound stupid. This might this might come across as dumb. I don't necessarily disagree, but I also don't think that necessarily means that Kansas City is better than Miami. No, for sure. For sure. I'm just Kansas saying City's, like in, yeah. the pelts on the wall, like it it's that type of thing for me. But it could be that like the Chiefs go eleven and six and the Dolphins go sixteen and one or fifteen and two, at which point I can't tell you that I think Kansas City's better. But I would still like I, I, I it's just one of those things where it's like I need to see the Dolphins do it in the playoffs before I feel good about picking them over a team that's won multiple Super Bowls. Okay. That I sure. <laughs> While admitting that Miami has been I, better through the first three weeks. Yeah, and that's kind of that's where I'm where I'm kinda at. So Niners Niners Dolphins right now. Who do you think's better? Oh, it's really hard to say anything other than Miami after they just put up 70 points in an NFL football game. I I, I don't, I don't know. Like they're, (laughs) I, I don't, I don't. I'm, I'm having a hard time because part of the words that want to come out of my mouth are I don't have a re- like good solution possible solution for Miami's offense but I would say the same thing about the 49ers offense it's just so I, I don't know man I think it's Miami I'm go- maybe it's recency bias I'm going off Miami because they scored 70 points yeah yeah, I think so. I'm I'm trying to decide how much I would I would let last year's game in December where Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt in the first quarter and Brock Purdy comes in and the Niners still win. Like should that game color color our opinions of how we view these teams now? Cuz that's that, that that's like I'm like, well, the Dolphins are better. But like the Niners also beat them like a pretty similar version of this team last year. Like beat nah, them pretty handily. Nah, it's nah. I'm not buying that. Okay, I'm not buying that. This is a to me. This is a better version of of the Dolphins. Okay, also a better version of the Niners. But man, yeah, I don't know. I, I'd be I'd be fascinated to see what how the 49ers would go about defending Miami's offense. And if they just kind of said, hey, Javon Hargrave, Nick Bosa, Eric Armstead, we're going to rush four and just drop seven and play it out that way. We still haven't seen like 100% Nick Bosa yet, it feels like, right? Yeah. We saw something closer to it, but we haven't seen like defensive player of the year, like completely dominant edge force Nick Bosa yet. Yeah. Javon Hargrave yeah, but, has and he's been, still been really good. I think Javon Hargrave, I think PFF had it. 
uh, maybe it wasn't PFF, uh, but somebody had that Javon Hargrave was like second in the NFL in overall pressures. Wow, man, that one <laughs> the sack he had against the Giants was so funny. Yeah, it looked like the it looked like a coach standing in as an offensive lineman who was just trying not to get punched in the chest by Javon Hargrave and just did the turnstile thing and just kind of stepped to the side. Was it the Rams wow. game that he almost sacked Matt Stafford on a running play? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it feels like it feels like he's done that once a week. At least. Where he just yeah. he's just in the backfield before anything can happen. Really good player. And I'm excited to see what the defensive line looks like once once Nick Bosa is playing like Nick Bosa again, which I'm expecting here in the next week or two. Yeah. Now that he's had a few games under his belt. Yeah, so the Niners are coming off sort of the mini buy they get Arizona, which is um, obviously a very favorable opponent and Brandon Ayuk, I think probably plays. We'll know more as the week goes on, but he was, he was close ish to playing Thursday night with that shoulder issue. I would imagine the, the extended time off made it a little bit easier or will make it a little bit easier on, on him going into this game. Um. I don't know. Is there anything else to touch on when it comes to the 49ers? So ultimately getting back to it, it feels like the Niners or Dolphins are the best. They're the, they're the best two teams in the NFL. They're playing right the best through three weeks for sure. It looks a little different, but maybe hmm. now I'm leaning Niners because they've been more consistently good through three weeks. The Dolphins are like one or two plays away from losing to the Chargers in week one. Yeah. And they're one or two plays away from from losing to New England last week. And the Niners haven't gotten to play the Broncos. Right. <laughs> yeah, they've had to play such juggernauts as the Pittsburgh Steelers and the New York Giants. <laughs> Rams are no, bad. I, no, Rams that's, are that, frisky. That's, that's a, like I said, it's total re- if you had asked me going into Sunday who the best team in the NFL was. I don't I would not have even considered the Dolphins. I'd have been like, yeah, no, they're they're top five right now, but they, it's it's not they're not the best. When they came up Saturday night at the live event, it was like they they might be one of the best teams in the NFC in the AFC. And yeah, then they put I, up seventy points on the Broncos, and you're like, all right, we have to we have to take them. Like, seriously. yeah, no, I'm changing my answer. I'm changing my answer. I'm changing my answer. Okay, I think it's forty nineers through three weeks. Okay, so I'm with you, but it's less about the three weeks and more about just the track record. Just like we've seen this team win a bunch of playoff games. We haven't seen the Dolphins win in oh, the playoffs yet. Okay then. <laughs> I don't then then put the Bengals ahead of Miami too. No, but com- combining <laughs> with what we've seen the three weeks, like you know, I've seen Matt Stafford win a Super Bowl. I'm putting the Rams above the Niners. I'm not saying that the three week, the first three weeks of the season have not mattered. I'm saying as like a tiebreaker, no, I'm get looking it. at I'm looking at track record. That's totally fair. That's totally fair. <laughs> no, I just but, for for me in a vacuum through three weeks, the Niners been more consistently good. Maybe their peak hasn't been as high, but their plateau has been, their floor has been higher. Jalen Hurts just just missed. Uh... Missed his receiver wide open. On a Jalen Hurts on fraud short, watch right now. Short touchdown. I mean, they're about to go up twenty to three if they score here. Oh, well, never mind. Yeah. Um. 
Yeah, I think the Niners barn burner in Cincy with the Rams up six to three. Oh, they're gonna do the push in sneak. I'm out. I'm out on the push in sneak. Oh, he didn't get in. It's gonna. But it didn't work. It's gonna be fourth and uh, fourth and one. This is great podcasting content. I mean, they're about to go up either sixteen to three. I'm guessing they're gonna do the push in sneak again on fourth down. I'm out on the push in sneak like that. Like ban it. I'm I'm out. It's not good football. It's I feel it's, like it's football at its essence. It's just, just dudes running into dudes. Yeah, I just, just don't a, I don't just feel a like massive it, dude. Yeah, they scored. All right. It's gonna be twenty to three. <laughs> they they did the push sneak again. I'm just I don't know. If one play works so decidedly well and they're like you could have all the defense right there to try to stop it and it still doesn't work. I just feel like if we outlawed, if we outlawed the other players pushing him, like at the line of scrimmage, like if you push a guy, like there's a catch down field and then he's trying to fight for the first down and then you push him. I feel like that's the integrity of the game is not at stake. Whereas like you just have three dudes pushing the quarterback over the line of scrimmage. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't find it like compelling. <laughs> All right. I don't have strong feelings on more teams. More teams should do it. And then the NFL outlaw it. When we get Brock Purdy getting pushed in the end zone every time, then teams will be like, all right, we're tired of this. Um, anything else? Okay. So the Niners are the best team in the NFL. That's the conclusion we've come to through three weeks. We'll yeah. see how well this ages. Although the Eagles are up 17 points on the road in Tampa, who's also undefeated. So maybe this will, uh, maybe Eagles fans will, get in the comments be a little salty on this one can't wait um all right anything else i don't think so okay subscribe rate and review check us out on youtube search candlestick chronicles podcast on youtube give the channel a a subscribe a like thumbs up you don't do do stars you don't do stars on Oh yeah, I was, I was trying I was to doing a five star. No, thing. five stars is is for podcasts. We're obviously yeah, still on uh, still on Apple's podcast and Spotify and wherever you get your podcasts. So subscribe, rate, and review. Check us out on YouTube. Shout out to our sponsors. Shout out to everyone who came out on Saturday night. It was a lot of fun to see everybody. Um, hopefully, we can do it again next year and uh, maybe even sooner. We'll see. But um, yeah, man, it was a great time. Yeah, really, really tired from time. the weekend. Tired from everybody exhausted from the weekend. Can't do it like I used to. Getting old. All right, we will see every see everybody later in the week. Talk about Niners Cardinals coming up. See ya. Can't wait. <laughs>